Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Poker is much more than just a game of luck. A mix of skill and well-timed aggression can give you an advantage over your opponents, but if you aren't getting the cards, your tournament stay can be short-lived. Today we are joined by an Oregon man who took his love of the game and decided to put his chips on the table and go all in on the newest place for poker in Oregon. Joining us next on the Spent the Rent podcast, co-founder of MVP Games and Sports, Henry Martin. Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Self-Esteem Bo Willie. My guest today is the co-founder of MVP Games and Sports, Henry Martin. Henry, thanks for doing this. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro. Oregon Cashflow Pro, what they do is they have YouTube videos on their website that uh, are free money management advice, and it's done by James Barber, and he does a new video very frequently, I think almost weekly. And so go to that, OregonCashflowPro.com for some free money management advice. It's growing. I mean, I think he just topped 300 subscribers and it's a new thing. So we're really excited for him. OregonCashflowPro.com. Check that out. So uh, thanks a lot for coming. We're going to be talking about your new poker facility and game headquarters and all that good stuff. (laughs) So, uh, you know, let's do a little backstory about how we first, how we know each other. We we grew up together. We played uh, Little League Baseball together. And uh, I wanted to tell a funny story about, you know, it's easy for me to say this because I know I'm not, we, neither of us were very good, mm, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we played for a couple years, but one year in particular, I remember it was a long season. Neither of us were getting a lot of hits. And then finally you just got a hold of one and you cranked it and hit it across right, the street. Yes. <laughs> and yes. so it was funny because you were kind of like our Babe Ruth, kind of a bigger kid and just, just nailed it. And you had a reason that you had wanted to say. It's true. Yeah. So the funny thing you mentioned about that is. So during that summer, uh, it was discovered that I was nearsighted right? and I literally could not see the ball. And so my mom was actually the one who pointed out, why can't you hit the ball? I don't know. Well, takes me to the eye doctor. I'm like super blind. So get contact lenses and there you go. That's then I can a, see the ball, and I hit the ball a mile. Right, and that and that was never known. So that's right. funny. I mean, and I was lucky. I actually have a lazy eye as well. And the only reason that I found out that I had a lazy eye is because the little kid, when I was a little kid, someone threw a rock at me and hit oh, me in no. the face, and my eye swelled up. And I went to the doctor, and they were like, "You have amblyopia, which is a uh, you're like oh good is a lazy eye." Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no. anyways. Uh, Thank you for coming. This is really cool. Both of us attended Springfield High School. Uh, the Poker Hall is in Corvallis, and we're going to get to why and how it came about. But, you know, 
I've never reached out past Lane County, so we're making a special exception for you because I figure you are a Lane County wow. resident and have roots here. And for people, you know, if you're going through Corvallis, this is a great opportunity to have a reason to go there. Mm-hmm. So, so M- MVP Games and Sports, tell us about what that is. Of course, yeah. So we are a social gaming establishment up in Corvallis. Uh, address is 1750 Southwest 3rd. So we're right on Highway 99. Wonderful frontage there. Uh, so we... We specialize in all types of social games. So whether that be tournament poker, billiards, darts, you know, table tennis, gaming of other kinds, you know, table games, whatever. Not not table games like gambling. Got to make that distinction. Sure. I meant like, you know, collectible card games. Yeah, like like magic. That's in the that's in the plans. Totally. And that's really cool. You know, and a big thing that's that's a selling point for your. Uh, place is that first of all it's 18 and over right and i think that's great i thought it was 21 but apparently the poker rules you can be 18 yeah so 18 plus for participants in tournaments and so we saw that and we ran with it because oregon state is literally less than one mile away from us right so that makes all the sense that's in the world. pretty cool and then it's alcohol free and there you go yeah and it's gonna stay that way absolutely which 100%. i think is really neat you know you offer free coffee so that's right. cool and then you know you got some i'm sure there's some treats and stuff people can buy yeah now, one thing about not having alcohol is you don't have to serve a ton of food. Do you guys sell food? Oh, yeah. We, you know, snacks and stuff. Right. So, and uh, Red Bulls and Monsters. And... Exactly. Yeah. I think that's great because I, like I've said before many times on the show, I've been sober for three and a half years. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's neat for people to have a poker establishment that does allow alcohol and yeah. that doesn't allow alcohol because for some people, they don't want to be around that and it just brings a whole different crowd maybe or just different issues you know i'm sure the security would get upped i used to play poker back in my wild days uh at el dorado Uh at west 11th poker in front liquor in back you know and i remember there's a couple cash games that i that i would went to that i did pretty well but man poker is an intimidating you know sport yes it is especially if you're new and the rough and tumble crowd and and i think that the alcohol could add to the kind of tension and whatnot oh, and it's just just a different environment mm-hmm. you know especially now you guys are starting out i'm sure that you're finding people that are new to it i'm sure a yeah. lot of a lot of it right now especially as you build your your customer base is dedicated people and close friends yeah regulars friends absolutely and uh, i think one thing that's good about a place like like what you're doing is when people can encourage people to come and try it. Like there's cash games too, not just tournaments, right? So technically they're called shootouts. So it, you know, all the format has to be tournament based. And so we've essentially gone after the Portland model, which is called a shootout, which is a one hour long tournament where the blinds don't change and you can have a variable size buy-in. Okay. And so the structure works like a live game. Right. Um, but so it's it all ends tournament. at the same time. Yeah. And you can recycle your chips, you know, from one session to another session. Sure. So. That's cool. I mean, in a sense, I think that takes away <clears throat> some of the awkwardness. Because I don't know if any, if you're if you're listening, if you've ever played poker and you sit down, you win the first four hands, you know that you're like, well, what's the kind of standard on leaving? Like, <laughs> I'm good now, you know? And so, so you can leave at any time, though, in a shootout? In a shootout tournament, you can cash out one time. Okay. Yeah, so, and then that's per hour. Right. So if you, if yeah, see, if you win four hands in a row and you just bounce, okay, cool. You, I mean, the protocol is to play two more hands, pretty much. Like, that's uh, kind of like, it's, that's kind of the... That's an etiquette. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you and you can tell each other 
like when someone's new, you can explain to someone etiquette, you know? Absolutely. You know, another big thing, we're going to get to, let's pull that off because I want to talk a lot about Oregon law. Okay, sure. And how that stuff works. But let's go back to talking about how the whole poker thing started. So sure. for you, how did your love of poker begin? Wow. So I was two years old. Okay. No, for real. My favorite toy was a deck of cards. Right. Yeah. And I didn't even know that um, until I maybe I was like four or five. Um, my parents, they would always say your favorite toy was always a deck of cards. Right. And so, um, that's where that started. Just, just off the bat, just playing around with, with cards. And yeah. I, obviously at two, you weren't playing Texas Hold'em quite yet. I didn't even know what that was. Sure. I, I sure. you know, five card draw with my dad. That was fun. That's yeah, cool. I would always stack the deck and win. <laughs> I mean, we grew up in a time that we're really lucky because, you know, gra- graduated the same year from high school in right. class of 2000, which seems like yesterday, but it was a long time ago now. Yeah, and, 19 uh, years. What? But we did have to do things. I remember playing a lot of cards with my grandma, playing rummy yeah. and different things. And we did things. I'm sure kids today still do, but we didn't have, I didn't have video games in my house until I was in my, you know early like mid-teens 12 okay and so we had to entertain ourselves in different ways right and video games existed but it was kind of like that's not every house not really 1984 1985 but yeah once uh, nintendo came out in like what was that 88 something Mm -hmm. like that yeah that was a big deal so i mean that's cool so so then your love of it started at two Mm -hmm. but when did you get into poker yeah so poker so okay let's see going back in time now so i loved I've loved poker for a long time. I started out online, just about like maybe anyone else. Sure. Uh, poker playing stars on or... a party poker. Okay. You know, getting your free play chips. And I run that up to like a hundred and something million chips, which is worth still nothing. Oh, it was a, zero, it was a <laughs> yeah. free game. It's, t- it's all free play chips. Right. right. So they're worth nothing. Or I found out later you could sell like a hundred million for like, what, six bucks? I right. don't know what it was then. Right. But no money. Did you ever do it's... any of the poker star stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, full tilt, poker stars, all that good stuff. Um, Got okay at it. But then I discovered live poker here in Eugene in 2006, back in August of 2006 specifically. I found Royal Flush, uh, which was opened up by a guy named Mark Roberts, who's a really cool dude. Shout out to you, buddy. Um, Anyway, so I I checked that place out. I love it. I play. I lose my butt. Sure. (laughs) And I'm like, man, because I'm super competitive. I'm like, man. I got to get better at this. Right. And then it was a couple weeks later, I was talking with some of the dealers and I'm like, so what does it take to be a poker dealer? And, you know, they talk about all that stuff. I'm like, okay, so who do I talk to about being a poker dealer? And they mentioned Mark Roberts and I'm like, okay. So I go talk to him and we had already got along a little bit. So he threw me right in the box. Wow. Like for that first time. And you'd only played for a couple weeks. Yeah. Played live. Yeah. Like tournaments and stuff. So, and it's like, wow. Uh, okay, so, you know, I'd already practiced shuffling a little bit because, you know, over the course of a couple of weeks, you know, from two years it. old, sure. Right, right, right. So there's a there's a special technique to shuffling as a professional dealer as opposed to just, you know, playing at home with your you know uncle's kids or whatever. Right. So anyway, um, yeah, you just get thrown right in the box. Trial by fire here. You're either going to sink or swim. Wow. Good luck, buddy. And then the and that's the thing is the community has i mean if you're losing your hat you know you're frustrated and it's the oh, it's yeah. the dealer's fault you know absolutely I've, every time <laughs> I, I never really so i haven't played a ton of cash poker and i've played we went to the casino a couple months ago and i was playing blackjack and i never realized how much the aggression towards the dealer can exist i felt mm-hmm. it when they change a dealer at blackjack if you're ever playing blackjack and the dealer leaves you leave like that is just the way that that works and yeah. it's interesting because it's how i mean how could the cards be fixed obviously 
casinos mm. and that's the beauty you guys are not a casino no, no. so there's no stack in the decks nope. you know and we're going to talk a little bit about Oregon law and I want to talk about how you know a lot of people don't realize that a dealer working for you guys does not have you cannot pay them correct so it's all <clears throat> it's all tip based and so like the etiquette that we've mentioned there's an etiquette when you're playing a poker game tournament or whatnot that I'm sure that you kind of go over with newbies and whatnot yes and, and so that's you, especially as a new business it's kind of it's kind of probably accepted right now for it to be serious poker you know and there's oh, people yeah. that are very intense mm -hmm. but it's also probably very welcoming where you're bringing in new people and it that, has to be. it has to be because if you ever want to have new players again like you know come in over and over again if you're a jerk to them are they going to come sure back? No and way. you don't want to scare them away like at el dorado i mean you know i was right. like oh man this is this is not for the beginners you know and, no not especially you know i had a good time but it, you have to be really careful not to you know, you have to mind your P's and Q's. And then when it was time for cash outs, it was like, you know, I had to I had to give like a two hand warning and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's yeah. Some places like you to do that. Some places require it. But I'm not a big fan on that, like requiring etiquette. Like if you want to go to the golf course and repair your divot. Yeah, of course you should. Sure. But are you required to? You know, wink, wink. Right. No, you're not. So. So as far as opening the poker facility, you call it a uh, social gaming center. That's right. And when it when it became something you had dealt for quite a few years, you yes. and, and your co-founder, Dustin, yeah. Dustin Maddox, and mm -hmm. he couldn't be here today because they do have a business to run. So yeah, yeah. He's is it just, seven days a week that you're open? It is, yes. Okay. So he's at, he's at the business. And he's holding down the fort. Holding down. Good holding job, it, Dustin. Holding it down. So um, when, when you guys had started kind of tossing the idea around, how did that come about? Was it just one night you were talking or? Well... So that's a long story. So do you got a minute? Oh, we got a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll cut down the long story a little sure. bit. So uh, in November of last year, me and Dustin were kicking around an idea on a Friday night. We're like, man, you know, we just, we felt like things weren't going so well at the place that we were currently dealing cards at um, up in Albany. Right. And it was a night that we'd both closed and, you know, we didn't, this is like maybe the 10th week in a row where just the income wasn't as good as we thought it might be or, you know, reminiscing about the good old days back in 2012 and 2013 where, you know, for like a Monday tournament, you get 80 players into a room with six tables. Right. So, you know, tons of alternates on the list, tons of, you know, popularity and things like that happening. Things have just taken a, a bit of a nosedive, you know, over the years. And so we're just reminiscing and we're like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we had our own place that we could go to? Right. And uh, so that was the birth right there and then. Right. Of MVP games and sports. You just toss the idea around and then how long did it take before you guys were prepared well, to do it? I went ahead and uh, I threw together some like projections, some financial projections based on what I thought the market could bear. And, you know, I had some conservative projections, had some higher projections. Sure. And we, uh, we didn't exactly have the, the funds sure. to throw at that. We had some money, but, you know. It looks like it's going to cost about $35,000 to actually get a place up and running. Right. So we're like, okay, well, is there someone local who, you know, is a poker regular that we're friends with that could maybe like, you know, help us with an investment? Right. And so uh, we kicked around some names in our head and we came up with one guy and we decided to go and talk with him. And right. So we buy him breakfast at Elmer's and we sit down and we say, hey, we get this idea. What do you think? And he looks it over for like a minute, maybe not even a minute. He's like, I love it. 
I want in. Wow. So, so, he, like, he, so you have a silent partner kind of thing. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, that's why I haven't said his name. So. Sure, sure, because he doesn't talk. But um, <laughs> Well, he does talk. <laughs> no, I know. So, <laughs> so that's awesome because for somebody, you know, I, I mean, I think that a poker establishment would be a tough sell to a bank. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it may not even. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you want to so, do what? Sure. Get out. <laughs> right. They're like, we are the only people that control the money making. No, but, <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, when you, when you had an investor, that's good, you know, mm-hmm. that, that they believed in you because I, I do the little bit, we are not super close. You know, we've, we've known each other, especially through social media, Right. but the little bit that I've seen, I mean, you're a kind person and mm-hmm. I don't know Dustin Thanks, at all, but I definitely know your demeanor and I think that you're going to do really well just because it, there's a fairness that, that is something that seems to be very important to you, you know? That's it matters the most, especially in a game of chance. Sure, you have to be fair, and especially as the the owner and the founder, that people are going to look to you to kind of be a moderator or mediator. You have, and to you be. have to have this ethos of mm-hmm. you know that you kind of you know ethics and whatnot that you stick yeah. to. And so that's, that's something that I, you have integrity. There's no question. Thank so you. that's pretty exciting. So then it became a reality, and when you had posted on on Facebook. Not long ago. I mean, this has been mm-hmm. happening fast. Oh, yeah, real fast. You know, and you'd posted, I don't know, May maybe, where you mm-hmm. got the place locked up. And I was in amazed. May. Yeah. And I was amazed at the sheer size of the the venue. You mm-hmm. know, so you're in a strip mall in Corvallis. That's right. You'd said before that, what was it, 20% of the building is, is yeah. you guys. So 4,750 square feet. Kind of looks like it's an office building. You know, a little bit, yeah. The best thing is you haven't, t- you've been so busy, there's not a lot of updated pictures and we'll get to maybe <laughs> yeah. why in a bit. But there's, there's, there's pictures on the Facebook page, which there's going to be link in the show notes to the Facebook page, which I definitely recommend if you're listening to this to follow that. Yes. Uh, there's pictures of, of the, the tables and there's pictures of the space and it's a big area and it's, it's really good. Huge. You know, and one of the things we're going to talk a lot about poker, but it's not just a poker place. Cause you're going to be doing yes. table games, meaning like magic cards. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think that's great because there's a certain demographic, obviously as a business, you have a target audience, but you also want it to be open to everybody. Oh, of course. But I think it's neat that there's going to be a place where it's welcome for people that are, I don't know how else to put it other than some dorks, you know, like, you, <laughs> you, you, and there's that's, a good, wrong with that's that. a good thing. You want it to be, kind of welcoming to, to everyone, everyone you know and yes. so the magic card thing there's an eclectic group that's into it mm. are you ever gonna have pogs no but oh my goodness yeah right no but i think that's really yeah, cool we should sell slammers dude so right so you're <laughs> talking about i mean you could use the poker chip as a slammer you really could it's you, pretty heavy yeah that's what they are is pogs but you you could yeah so <laughs> games sports and games and and we're gonna talk about the name and why it doesn't include poker because there's a reason behind there that there sure is so what kind of games do you offer specifically yeah so we offer tournament poker right you know tournament format only sure uh we offer billiards so we've got a pool table upstairs in the clubhouse we've got table tennis which i've discovered i'm terrible at sure that's fine right uh we've got darts and we've got like a professional dart board um and then we also offer console gaming and uh, you know the aforementioned we've got you know tables right you can play magic on and stuff like that but that's about it like no no gambling games uh, you could call poker a gambling game. I totally get that. I believe it's a blend of a game yeah, of skill little, versus too much, and skill. Yeah, it's it's a blend. Yeah. Um, now, what about the on the sports betting in Oregon is going to be starting? So, okay. is that something that you would want to be interested in crossing over? Not at all. No, huh? sir. No. Just staying away from the the full on gambling. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to let the state do their own state sanctioned, you know, gambling stuff. Like they've got the you know vidpo, the video poker. Mm-hmm. They've got sports betting. Uh, they regulate 
regulate, you know, places like casinos and stuff, but uh, we're not going to touch that. That's good. And yeah. and just keep it in your wheelhouse that you're that you're comfortable with. That's right. The video poker. Stay in your lane. The, yeah, the video poker brings a whole different thing and a oh, different yeah. element and it's mm-hmm. just the odds are just terrible. I mean, anytime you've gone to a casino at a Native American uh, area, you know, mm-hmm. like Three Rivers, Seven Feathers in Oregon, the odds are so much higher, you know. And so when you go to one of those and you have some fun, say you take 200 bucks, you play for four hours. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Then you take 200 bucks and you go to Ashley's Deli or whatever. Sorry, Ashley's. But you go to <sighs> one of those delis. Rough. And it's the payout is so much less that I it know. just it just whizzes by. You may you may come up, but the odds are it's going to be gone in seconds. And that's done on purpose. And yeah, so no. it's just not as fun. It's it's not as not a cool thing. We're not here to talk about that. Right. I do like the idea of doing different things. Now with the land games and the console games, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that it would be interesting. I don't know. You know, on the podcast a couple of months ago, I did an interview with the E the U of O esports right. team. Yes, yes. And so getting involved with the esports club from from Oregon State because I'm sure it exists. Uh-huh. It's pretty much every school now. That would be really good. Yeah, that you know? would be an excellent in. I and think, then right host there. those kind of things because esports yeah. is just so just growing. It's gro- oh, so rapidly. The winner of the last like Fortnite thing got over three million dollars. Right. That's yeah. more than and he's any... 16 years old. Yeah, exactly. Which means that he has like literally five years and his career will be over because they say that your your hand eye coordination yeah. after twenty one is too slow. It's insanity. I don't even have it anymore. Well, yeah, That's why well, I, I never did. I never did. <laughs> we already talked about our our hitting in baseball. Oh, I know, right? So, um, <laughs> so when it opened its doors, it, would you say that most of the people that you've seen are close friends, or is there some people that you just shocked that walked through the door when you started promoting it? I'd say I've seen three distinct groups of people. So yeah, so close friends, you know, people that you've known for a long, long time, and they come to support you because, you know, they think you're doing a good job, and they want to see you succeed and grow. Right. And then the second group is folks that you used to deal poker to forever ago that, that you haven't seen you. for yeah, years. Sure. And we had our grand opening on July 12th, and we had 72 players for wow. that tournament. So it packed the whole place. We got eight tables, nine chairs each. It was totally packed. Awesome. And so I saw so many people that I haven't seen for years come in, and my heart was just so overwhelmed. That's awesome. Seeing all those people. Well, and I'm there. sure, because you have a certain demeanor that people probably got used to playing with you. And mm-hmm. and when you make it a comfortable experience at the table, there's nothing like that because the dealer can set the te- does set the tempo, and they if they do. don't, they're not a good dealer. And you can do it both positively or negatively, right? And we uh, we now here's the tricky thing. So you know, with our poker dealers being volunteers, we don't dictate anything to them. So that we know that they can deal, obviously, and they self-regulate themselves. But when it comes to like saying, "Hey, you have to do it this way." Can't do what about that. schedule? Exactly. So can't tell them a schedule wow. either. So we have a dealer coordinator who, uh, shout out to Rick. Love you, buddy. Uh, that's our DC. Right. And he's the one who takes care of all the scheduling. Because, again, volunteers, they, we cannot hire them as employees. We cannot dictate our terms. Is he a paid employee or does he get nope. a tip out from the, wow, he yeah. He gets a tip out and everything. So from you just offer the facilities. The that's right. And then it's a club. At that point, they handle it themselves. That's right. Wow. Yep, that's the way to do it in Oregon. Yeah, and that's kind of you know people don't understand that that there's they're not a paid employee as a right. volunteer dealer. So he there's a there's a code of between them I'm sure where they're like you know you need to show up even though it's not going to be the end of the world. Right. So essentially, if someone's consist inconsistent with their showing up, they will not be one of the dealers anymore. You know, that's how it works in real life, isn't it? And so, yeah. are you allowed as the owner to also be a dealer? Yes. 
Okay, so if they don't, then you can deal. And I've had to jump in for three hands, you know, here and there for bathroom breaks. Sure. And that's totally cool. Yeah, because there's yeah. monsters and Red Bulls. People are, you know, going to piss themselves. Got... <laughs> we don't want that at the table. No, no. Yeah. You know, we... I mean, the, the, not the dealer, you know. So, so yeah, let's, the go ahead and, let's go ahead and jump into Oregon Law. Okay. You wanted to talk, you know, thoroughly about that. And mm-hmm. uh, Corvallis has a different ordinance Go ahead and speak on, on sure. the Oregon law. I don't even know how to frame the question, so you just do the job for me, okay? <laughs> okay. So let's start with the broad, and we'll go like the federal. Right. So there's like all kinds of anti-gambling federal laws that obviously the feds could just come in anytime and just swoop and take care of. But, you know, that's not really high on their list. So that's never been a thought. Right. So even though it exists, you know, think of it in terms of the same like, you know, Schedule 1 with marijuana. Sure. It's still there. But do the feds really do anything? Not really. So we don't even really about the federal. So talking about Oregon law, though. So Oregon law specifically states that you can't have any house. So like, no. You're good. Cool. See, this is my, uh, what do you call it? Inexperience. No, you're good. With all this stuff. So yeah, the, yeah, you're good. Uh, so yeah, so Oregon law. When it comes to the law in Oregon, it says you can't have a house that makes any income from the operation of any type of social game. doesn't matter if it's gambling or poker or anything else like that. Right. So you can have a private game, though. And that's totally cool. So if you, you know, either lock the doors or call it invitation only, and you have it, you know, in the privacy of your own, of your own home or in the privacy of a business, like in a room in a secluded area, that's legit. You can do that as long as you're not making, like, an income from the operation of the game. Right. So specifically, that means rake. So... Uh, for those who don't know what the rake is, it's not a gardening tool. Um, that's where the dealer is instructed to remove money from the pot every hand based on how big the pot is. Right. And typically at any casino you go to, it's going to be $1 for every $10 the pot is. Wow. Up to, say, about $50. Wow. So at tribal casinos, that can get up to $5 a hand. And those dealers get out 40 hands an hour. So wow. just do the quick math. Wow, on that. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so you don't want to sit at a table with two people, you know, kind of. Thing. Uh, no. Wow. No. Yeah. You'll go. You'll you'll lose all your money to the rake. Sure. Um. So that's what operation like income from a social game would be. So we're not allowed to do that, and we don't. The way that we structure our fees is we say, okay, we've got this great big place. We've got a social gaming establishment. We're going to offer all of our services. It's just $10 to come in and try us out. Right. And that's our daily fee. So there's a membership fee, $10. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because you can be, for $100, you can buy 30 consecutive days, right? Mm, 40. 40 consecutive days? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Sorry. $40. $40. Okay. For, for so for $40, mm-hmm. uh, what was the 100 <clears throat> Oh, uh, 300 is for the year. Okay. So there's, th- there's different levels. Right. And mm-hmm. you know where you can find this is the website, which there is mvp dash games dash and dash sports correct correct yes. and it's dot com uh-huh. and it, the link is in the show notes and then once you save it it'll be in your you know whatever yeah. so the link is in the show notes for their website which is beautiful and it's great and it's it's really it's got all the information there too but uh the memberships yeah if you go for the first time you are going to pay 10 bucks to walk through the door whether mm-hmm. you're playing poker or not uh yeah so if you want to play table tennis all day it's 10 it's bucks. 10 bucks. That's play beautiful. Pool all day, it's 10 bucks. And, and the only requirement is 18 and over. That's correct. Can't come in if you're 17, unfortunately. Well, so you want to know something interesting? And this is uh, this is now getting into legalese, legalism, right? right? You know, like interpretation of the law. So the tournament 
participants have to be 18. But the statute does not say anything about people coming into the oh, building cool. being 18. And so we actually think that you can be a minor and come into the establishment and have free reign as long as you're not a participant. And you can't in... go into the poker room, essentially. Well, right. So, well, but there you go. So the ordinance specifically says you have to be 18 to be our participant in right. the tournament. So if you're just watching, though, right. are you a participant? No. I wish there was a way. So that one's actually... It's up. Yeah, it's up for debate. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a way that you could, uh, you know, test the water. I mean, I'm sure you have an attorney. The first person you hire when you open a business is an attorney. But, uh, or, you know, or counsel. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, I wish there was a way. I'm sure that they've kind of, they're talking about how you'll go about that if that time comes. Because you will have, obviously, before the doors open, you had to have the gaming commission. Or... Well, right. So... Obviously, the first thing, yeah, you say attorney, obviously. Um, so the first thing that we had to do is, uh, as far as getting our social gaming license was actually go to the police department of right. all the places because they're the ones who take care of that. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was surprising. So, okay, so we head on down there and we fill out the application. Uh, we had a little bit of a uh, hang-up yeah. uh, because it, a little bit of a chicken and egg thing. So you have to list the landlord of the property so that the police department knows that you are legit and that you're not just you know renting out some place unbeknownst to the landlord so to speak right but in order for that to happen you got to get you know a place that you're going to lease and then in order to lease that place that landlord has to sign off but what happens in our case if the landlord is like hey i don't really want to sign off on this then it so just doesn't go any farther yeah we kind of had to finagle our way into getting the city of Corvallis to do the background check on us. And then the landlord went ahead and, you know, they did, they approved the lease with us. Oh, I see what you're saying. Cause they needed approval from the uh -huh. city first. Cause right. they're like, yeah, they didn't so, want to get themselves in hot water. Yeah. We just negotiated with the police department and said, Hey, will you just go ahead and do the background check on us? Make sure that we're going to pass and then we can proceed. And they're like, man, that seems reasonable. That took seven weeks. Wow. So, in and that's understandable. We've been there busy. In retrospect, I totally understand. But it did set our uh, grand opening date back from June 28th to July 12th. So that right. was it's a bit of a setback. But hey, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. No yeah. big deal. And starting a business in general, no matter what it is, especially something that's, I mean, I wouldn't say controversial, but is, is kind of on the line of, you know, like a social gaming club. I mean, that's tough because it's definitely the law has to be interpreted. Like mm -hmm. you said, it's not just like clear cut. I mean, I think it is clear cut. I think you're right about the minors in there, especially with gaming, like playing, you know, games, console video games, games, council games, exactly. and then spectating because to be a participant, because poker, you know, there's a huge audience as well. Humans. And I don't know if, mm -hmm. if it's there yet, but down the road, especially if you get into the big name tournaments and maybe you get some sponsorships from like Full Tilt or whatever, one of those places, That'd be cool. which I'm sure you will have the opportunity because mm -hmm. just like a bar business, you know, they, you know, uh, Budweiser or whoever wants to put their name on the, on the, you know, Absolutely the banners and do. stuff and they'll say go beavers or whatever, which I almost mm -hmm. wore a duck's jersey to shove it to the Corvallis community. <laughs> but, but, but in Corvallis, obviously it's beaver nation and whatnot. When in Rome. Right. And so that's something that will come mm -hmm. and, and, and as time, I mean, this is, this is a baby right now. It's an infant. So, yeah. uh, so that was one of the big hurdles for Oregon law. Mm -hmm. Um, 
How's so? Basically, once they sign off on it, do they do checks? They kind of make come and check. So you got a, a police officer coming in every once in a while. I think that they do. So either they have clandestinely or they have not yet. Right. Because um, I have not seen an actual you know black and blue officer come in or anyone with the city come in yet. Right. Um, and it's you know if they do that's great. Oh yeah, I'll well, welcome them with exactly. open arms. Because that's the great thing about doing things on the up and up. You don't have to worry about people coming in trying to bust you. Well, you almost want it. Exactly. You know, it's like a different business. Um, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, but one of my customers is works uh, with the marijuana. He works with the police department as as a as the guy that does the regulation, like checks and and whatnot. And one of the things that I said to him was, I'm sure that the growers actually want you to do it because they are doing it legit mm-hmm, so they want mm-hmm. to, to have the people that are not doing it legit policed so that it takes away the competition because they've gone through the process yep you know and he was he he did i'm saying it comfortably because i'm the one that said it but he did say precisely like yep. he definitely agreed you know that there's there's a in marijuana there's like this teamwork between the police and, and, and the be. and the growers now yes. you know as, as it should be because for one it's a I mean, it's still, even though it's legal, there's still a kind of a risk of greed and theft mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and with poker as well, there's also, mm-hmm. you know, there's an element of you want to have a good relationship with the cops because if someone loses their, their cool that you mm. may need to call them, you know, yes. and I'm sure that, so you, many you know, things. you've worked, you've worked security and, mm-hmm. and big stature that, you know, nobody's going to get too out of hand, but it does happen. And so you, you're, it does. you're co-founder, co-owner and security built in, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And at some point, maybe you'll have an independent person doing it. That would be really great. Obviously we're not big enough to, sure. for that. And it doesn't work. You don't need but, it yet, but at right. a time you might, you know, and hopefully if but, we grow to a hundred players a day, then something like that might be a necessity right. instead of just a desire. Well, and right now it will grow to that too, because mm-hmm. right now the only uh, advertising you're doing is through social media. Cause that's another thing that we yes, wanted to discuss mm-hmm. about uh, Oregon law and speak on that. Now, is it Corvallis so, city ordinance that you cannot advertise? It is. Yeah. So it's a quirk, it's an interesting quirk. <clears throat> right. I mean, it's, it's just one line, but it, it feels like it's kind of almost like a handcuff. So it says that uh, within Corvallis city limits, you cannot advertise either social gaming or gambling or poker or anything like that. Um, Unless it's like on premise. So we can have our on our monument, it can say, you know, poker. We can have a sandwich board outside on our property that says sure. poker. But once you go off premise, nothing. Right. So no billboards, no signs, no flyers. I can't go to OSU and pin up something on the wall because now that becomes a sign. Right. I can't go down to research during games and I can't... I can hand out flyers. I can hand out cards, business cards, all that so, stuff. But I can't... Post it. When you chose the name, and yeah. there was a there was something that went into this, yeah. and is MVP Games and Sports. So there you go. Now, when you have a tagline with the name, you can't throw poker on it. Right. And wow. that's why we went with that name, is because there is no connotation to social game. Well, specifically poker, gambling. Um, obviously, a little bit of social gaming connotation with games and sports, but nothing so uh, insidious or nefarious that could be associated. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, what about marijuana in Corvallis? Can they just advertise like crazy? So I'll be honest, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm ignorant it's not your of, area. Yeah, yeah. Do I'm you see it though? In my lane. Do you see ads like on billboards? So I'm going to give a shout out to the Agrestic. They're literally across the street from us, and they have on their premise they've got a uh, a black and white sign with the letters that shift in and out, 
I forget exactly what those are called, but uh, they're allowed to post all sorts of neat little puns and stuff about you know marijuana and the CBD game and all that. But I wonder because it's on the premises. I wonder if that's the same right. type of law. That's another. Mm-hmm. That's another thing altogether. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So you chose the name, mm-hmm. and in advertising, could you say? You know, social gaming club, yeah, mm-hmm. and who offers tournaments? Yes, you can word that. Just the word poker cannot be included, or no, or no limit, or anything relating to poker, wow. gambling. Nope. Now, outside of the Corvallis city limits, hey, fair game. So you can advertise in Eugene, <laughs> absolutely. So your po- and social media. Doesn't... In fact, maybe I'll do that. Right, and social media doesn't count. So Facebook, you can do what you want for yes. the time being, yeah, and and whatnot. Digital marketing, you can do whatever you want, right. So. That's interesting, but then if it was, yeah, you're gonna advertise the duck games for Corvallis or whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, just different things, you know. That's an interesting little twist that you could do it outside of the city's ordinance. It's it is what it is, right? And so you just you work with it. I think that there's ways that, for one, I think word of mouth is how it's gonna grow. A that lot. is the biggest. And, and, and it, you know, when pe- people are playing poker, they tell their friends and whatnot. And yes. Maybe not. If that, they don't like it, then they tell their friends, too. So it works sure. both ways. Well, that's good. That's that's actually true with Yelp, you know, the negative. Right. Sometimes people. And so if you've been to MVP Games and Sports, mm-hmm. get online and give them a good review, you know. Uh, that actually gets to the next point of people, how they might not might not want to talk about it. What do you say to the people that say that playing poker is for degenerates? Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Not completely. No, so, okay. So, you probably, see, I take the word degenerate as a term of endearment. <laughs> okay. All well, right. That's good. So, yeah, when someone calls me a degen, I'm like, yes, You're like, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yes, I appreciate that, my friend. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so if we're talking about the, the word degenerate in society, yeah, I would take a personal offense to that. Sure. Because, my goodness, uh, pick your battle. Right. Like, you want to call poker players degens? Okay, we all know that we're degenerates. <laughs> what are you trying to accomplish? Right. Well, I mean, you know, the line of if it's gambling or not is, is questionable. Obviously, if somebody's terrible at it, they're going to run out of money and maybe spend someone else's. But that that's, that's an issue of addiction that goes with right. That's you can so... get addicted to, to anything, you know. Truth. But poker, if you are good and play enough, like you had talked earlier about when you got into it, you lost your hat. You know, you played mm-hmm. and you were terrible at it. But the beauty of poker, True. in my opinion, and gambling in general, is that when I played Poker Stars, I didn't cash out. I deposited at one point up to like 25 bucks a piece yeah, each time. Yeah. $1,000. Never mm. cashed out. But the beauty of that is, is that what they designed it for was that you're paying to learn how to play poker. Well, there it is. Like, that's what they advertised. Mm-hmm. And I actually did feel that value because I got good at playing poker and I did get sixth place in a tournament with 2000 people. And I, I think I cashed out like 700 bucks. Very nice. And so that was amazing. Still was behind, but the thing is that was months and hours of time, you know, and a lot of times when I do things play by a video game, for example, I'm like, Mm -hmm. how much time is this going to keep me from doing other stupid crap that I could be blowing money on? So there's an investment aspect of it. Not, you don't gamble for investment purposes, but you, you invest in the time. You're talking about opportunity. Right. You know, so, you know, I don't think personally that you are, if you're a poker player, it makes you a degenerate. No. Are there degenerate poker players? hundred percent. Yeah. Just like anything else. And you're, I'm sure that you'll have a resident you know, customer, what would you call them? Guest? Uh, yeah. Club member? So, right. Member. Yeah. Um, guest, player, 
friend. You'll have some scumbags that definitely are, are you'll joke about it, have fun yeah, with the it. The thing about, okay, you want to talk about scumbags. The thing about <laughs> scumbags is that they out themselves real quick. Sure. And it's really quite obvious when a player starts doing an angle shoot. Now, there's, there's a term I need to bring up to speed. So uh, that is like taking liberty with a rule and trying to push it to its maximum right so that you can gain an advantage on your opponent right um so when a when a player comes in and they're doing scummy things like that i see that real fast because i'm watching the games as i'm walking around the dealer sees that the other players they're educated enough they know what's going on they call it out they police themselves sure and then you you know you can get banned i mean it's been too early on that you probably haven't had to we haven't had to yet right um luckily you know, nothing like that's come up. Actually, just the other day, I heard that a player, you know, they got upset that they lost a, a pretty sick hand. And, you know, they they cash out. They slam their chips on the on the counter. You know, we don't encourage that. That's not good. But I can empathize. I can understand. Sure, sure, sure. And then they go out the door and, they, you know, they slam the door. And that's not okay. But I understand. If it becomes so, excessive right. repeatedly, then you'll deal with it. Yeah, so exactly. So, like... One, a one-off thing like that, okay, I get it. You know, emotions are high. You're leaving. No big deal. But if it becomes a recurrent thing, right. then... Well, and the next time they come in, I'll you still, would mention it. You I'll, have to. I'll say, know? hey, buddy, you know, last time you came in, I heard that this happened. You know, can you tell me what happened? Right. You know, and I'll start the dialogue. Because there's, right. there's no reason to come out and be like, hey, you can't do that. It's not okay. Like, well, and you got to set that. the tone mm-hmm. and that's tough. And it's new to the community. I'm not sure the person, we're not going to call them out, but like, but no it's not, it's not necessary. But like the reality is, is that it's some of the people that are coming, maybe their first time. And there's exactly. just an etiquette that, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, human beings, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I left the emergency room one time and I kicked the door and I realized mm-hmm. the red is I had done it. I was like, what did I just do? But I was so mad because of healthcare for all not being a thing. I'm not going to uh, get it. I'm not going to okay. get into that. <laughs> so, right. no, but it, it was true. I was so just irritated, you know, and I remember kicking the sliding glass door and it was funny because hospitals are crazy. They got to open up stuff and the door swung and I was like, shit. Yes. And then it was actually, it does it's, that. It, It'll swing the other direction uh-huh. for that reason, probably. But that's a different story. It is a little bit. So, yeah, but. um, what are the big things that you have planned with, obviously we discussed magic cards and the poker tournaments and then the shootout tournaments, mm-hmm. like the cash game style. I don't know if I'm going to get you in trouble by calling it a cash game, kind of. Well, it's it's the style. It's that no you can cash deal. out once an hour and, and things like that and learn all about this stuff on the website. There's a lot of details about how everything works. Do you mind if I talk about that just for a no, second? No, go for it. Because it's one of the unique things that we need to structure for our game. So you say cash game, you know, you say you go to Spirit Mountain or Seven Feathers, they have a poker game, you know, they rake the game, all that stuff. So obviously we can't do that. We just structure them as tournaments right. that run for one hour long each. And you, you buy in for a range, you know, say you want to play, you know, between 40 and 200, you know, something like that for a one, two, no limit shootout. And uh, you play for an hour and then it ends. I like that a lot. And then... You know, the next one gets going, you know, sure. right away, and you can recycle your chips. You know what you have. You can just so there's a five minute break between. Yeah, exactly. See, so right. yeah, and players they go out and they smoke. They time it, you know, perfectly so that you know they're not getting hit with the blinds because you still have to be dealt in because it's a tournament. You still have to get blinded out because it's a tournament. So that's great, and I I, I like the idea. So because that way, you know, you can almost 
set a time that you're going to be playing. And I think anybody yeah, exactly. that is gambling, I know mm-hmm. that's what it's, it's not just, you know, it's not that, but with gambling, I think that's one of the best things is set a, set a limit and set oh, a time. It's you know? one of the smartest things you could do. If not the smartest thing, the only other thing that might be more important is to set a budget. Sure. A hundred percent. That's what I, yeah. A limit. You like know? don't take your debit card to the casino. Yeah. Do you guys have an ATM? We do have an ATM. And it's, it's charges. It's right in the front. $72 to pull money out. It's, I think it's up to 900 now. It's 900 <laughs> No, it, legit. What is the fee? Uh, it's three bucks. And then it's a do bit you steep. own that casino or that ATM? Uh, we don't. No. Uh-uh. No. It's no, just a private. Uh, they take care. Yeah. They take care of all the stuff. It's just a convenience for the players. Wow. Um, so do you get a cut? I mean, that's the kind of. Yeah. So we get a very small cut. Yeah. I mean, those things are crazy. And, you know, we're not in the ATM business. Sure. We're in the you providing. Should, you should get in it. I Maybe I should after yeah. they charge $3 for every transaction. Like, okay. Because you could get it down. You could get it down to 2 bucks for the fee and then make more of a, a no cut kidding, down right? the road. Yeah, that's something, you know, in, looked, in time. We you know. looked into buying one, but we didn't have the several thousand dollars needed to buy the ATM nor the several thousand to supply the money the for The insurance on it, too. Oh, jeez. I'm sure that would jack our insurance rates way up too. Right. You yeah. know, and already, I mean, we're not going to talk about this, but like right. having kids, you know, if you have minors in there, we're, mm-hmm. I guess that's talking about it. Okay. No, but if you have minors in there, that brings a different element that I'm sure that, you know, it's not, I mean, darts is, is something that has some danger to it. A little bit. If you're not smart about it. Yeah. Right. If you just jab your wrist with a dart, that's sure. probably not good for your health. I, I mean, if you're Link, if you're a Lincoln Park fan, maybe then you would do that. I understand you know? your your rationale for doing right. that. Then. Uh, oh, so <laughs> on that note, I want to talk about a couple of my sponsors real quick, Go and for we're it. gonna get off of this for a second, and we'll get back. But you know, I just got a new sponsorship I want to announce. Uh, obviously, Oregon Cashflow Pro is the main title sponsor, and, that, and our partnership is great. But a good dear friend of mine, J.R. Ewing, who is a realtor. For Song Real Estate is a new sponsor, and you can go to strpod.com slash sponsors, and you can check out his business card that we put up there, and if you click on it, you can call him directly if you're interested in buying a home. Also, the partnership I have with Jake Overtime, the tattoo artist, uh, 45 Degrees Northwest is his online community for, for hunting, and they've got some great new gear that even if you're not a hunter, the 45, 45th parallel is what that's inspired by. And that's really cool. And there's a link in this on the sponsors page. And also, if you want to become an individual sponsor of the podcast, go to that website, strpod.com slash sponsors, and you can donate to the podcast. And as an individual, you can make as low as a $1 monthly donation, or you can do it one time. You, you don't have to do monthly, but I'd, I appreciate it if you do. And then your picture gets thrown up on the website. So that's good. And if you don't want me to put your picture, I won't. But there you go. So there's the minutes, sponsorships. It helps us make these shows and and keep it free for business owners like yeah. yourself. So if you're interested, that's how you do it. Uh, so, you know. So do it. So do it, like right now. Right now. So, Henry, it's really cool. I have not played yet at your place. I, I meant to come through and we, we were going to do it, but we've been so busy. I understand. And, you know, <laughs> my girl and I are not avid poker players, and I think that your establishment is a – from what I've seen from the outskirts, it feels like it would be a welcome – type place for somebody that it's new to them well thank you you. that's exactly what we're going for and that just because you know you you if you're listening or you're watching this uh go to and the uh, the show notes go to their facebook page and you'll be able to see what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. because it's definitely you guys are very transparent about your excitement absolutely and you're very 
uh, cool about the people that are involved, you guys have an MVP, which is a big deal. Like the main, there's a contest essentially that's an ongoing thing. I think mm-hmm. it's he's gonna get his name thrown out, but Blaine is killing it. He's right? a killing it. He's a killer. I love Blaine. He's a killer. So tell us about that real quick. We don't have a ton of time, but tell us about the MVP contest and how that works. Yeah. So players compete for the MVP Cup. It's a, le- a legit trophy wow. uh, that you get your name put on if you are the winner for that quarter. And it's and yearly, or the the trophy stays in the venue. The trophy stays because it's a great big sure. two-foot-tall trophy, but you, there are name placards you wow. can, when we're going to have your name engraved on that if you're the winner for that quarter. So this is our inaugural quarter. It ends October 31st. If you're in the top 45 of the MVP points race, uh, you get invited to a special tournament, which I think is going to be the third November, the third Saturday in November. Excuse me. Follow the Facebook page and you'll get, yeah, you'll get to know. Because the second Saturday in November, I think, is Veterans Day. Right. So that's not going to work. Right. Because, sure. you know, people are doing stuff. And that's just that's bad timing. Um, so it's probably going to be the third Saturday. Normally it would be the second. Uh, but that is a three thousand dollar guaranteed tournament with wow. a twenty five dollar buy in. So it takes twenty five dollars to buy in forty five players maximum three thousand dollars in the pot. Wow. Do the math. So we're all that. Extra and so they money. get a what is that called where they get a satellite? into it essentially you so get that's free, an invitation it's an invitation yeah, yeah. so uh for the the three and a half months that this first quarter is going to run uh if you just make it in the top 45 you're guaranteed a spot if you want it right and that tournament's worth an extra five times points and so the winner of the points race at the end of that tournament they will be crowned our our mvp league champion wow. they'll get a 500 dollars bonus on top of that for being champion wow they get their name engraved and put on the on the trophy itself and uh then we'll just start a new quarter yeah so we'll they post the mvp rankings weekly or whatever we try to do it three times a week yeah and i mean it's the same name at the top every time right every now. Time. just killing it you know blaine the crusher yeah so Destroyer shout of souls. out to you blaine and and uh I'm pretty stoked on seeing the way that you guys have done your presentation with social media. So I really encourage for the 15th time, I'm going to say this. If you're listening to this, (laughs) click on the show notes to their Facebook page and give it a follow because it's cool stuff that they're doing. And I mean, this is a local business that, you know, it's pretty cool to see you guys following your dream and and making it come a reality. And obviously it's new to you as the business owner, but it's very apparent with the work that you're doing with social media that it's not you understand what goes into this you guys have done oh, a ton yeah. of research you know what is effective what not to do it's it's pretty cool and you want to talk about ethos you know we've been dealers for a combined 25 years wow so i like to say that we know a thing or two but every time that i say that i think we know a thing or two something comes up and then it, being willing to learn and fail and all that stuff is great you oh, know and that's failure. the beauty of a business yeah. but i mean I think this is going to do really well. So MVP games and sports. This is co-founder Henry Martin. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. And, and, you know, we'll keep this relationship going. I'll have you back and you'll talk about the tournaments. Maybe I'll give a shout out to blame when he wins the turn, the MVP, you know, hopefully there's some more competition to to blame. We need people showing up and giving him a run for his money, even though he's a killer. So, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to end this with a song. This is the last episode of the season, which is exciting. I started exactly a year ago. And so this is the last episode of the season. And next week, I'm going to have a special treat where Blair, a good friend of mine, she's going to host the show and interview me. And we're going to do a season one recap. So I wanted more about that next week. And there's going to be a lot of social media stuff. So follow us on the Facebook page. Uh, spent the rent podcast and on Instagram at, at self esteem boat Willie. And then obviously always you can get merch and all that stuff at my website, which is strpod.com. 
If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, remember that you can go to strpod.com slash video and you can watch this now. Or you can find us on YouTube and all that good stuff. So uh, we're going to end it with one of my songs. I like to play other people's music, but since it's the end of the season, I want to wrap it up with one of my own. Go right ahead. So this is me, Self-Esteem Boat Willie, with Hide Behind. Thanks a lot, Henry. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Today, we must part ways Tomorrow, design a new maze I can't let my ideas and abilities be led astray Gone are the days of punishments Of social ranking and such Survey the scene and find that we have all lost touch Gone are the days of punishments Of social ranking and such Survey the scene and find that we have all lost touch You plant a seed with no intent to let it grow Your actions catch up and toss you out to the undertow Bridges connected, already broken homes You build a reputation of deceit wherever you roam I won't hide behind your shadows, I won't hide behind your dreams I won't put up with your ego and your insecurities I won't hide behind your shadows, I won't hide behind your dreams I won't put up with your ego and your insecurities I won't hide behind your shadows, I won't hide behind your dreams I won't put up with your ego and your insecurities I won't hide behind your shadows, I won't hide behind your dreams I won't put up with your ego and your insecurities I won't hide behind your shadows, I won't hide behind your dreams I won't put up with your ego and your insecurities All I hear you saying is nothing is worth it I can only continue on my journey You're searching for a fork, spoon, or knife To clear a path in the road decline And death of my own wrath All I hear you saying is nothing is worth it I can only continue on my journey You're searching for a fork, spoon, or knife To clear a path in the road decline And death of my own wrath My spirituality is hazardous my anxiety it's toxic i'm getting dizzy disconnected from my surroundings i feel as if i'm drowning my spirituality is hazardous my anxiety it's toxic i'm getting dizzy disconnected from my surroundings i feel as if i'm drowning i won't hide behind your shadows i won't hide behind your dreams i won't put up with your ego and your insecurities i will hide behind your shadows i won't